Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. And, you know, we've been kind of a down to the dumps here in our recent uh, <laughs> NetFronts, and we're going to go ahead and scrape bottom this time, I believe. Uh, we'll start with you, JT. Uh, I don't know. Is there a reason to, to go on? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> barely. Yeah, there's barely reason to uh to go on. Oh, oh my goodness. Here comes the, uh, the tsunami that uh, uh, we've all been talking about and anticipating 17 out of 21 games against the, uh, the big three. And as I kind of posed today, my story today, why is it as the blues get these players back, they seem to be getting worse. I mean, that's one of the more, more puzzling uh, aspects uh, of this thing, but uh, they're going to have a very tough time. Uh, Make, making the playoffs. If I had to bet bet some money, I, I'd bet that they, they don't make the playoffs. And if uh, you asked me before the season, I think we all would have said, well, hell yeah, they're going to be in the playoffs. So uh, strange turn of events. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think these next, uh, these next 10 days uh, before the uh, trade deadline will be, be telling. I mean, uh, uh, Doug Armstrong is uh, very unpredictable on such matters, but uh uh, the Blues have six games against the, the, the big three. I think they play each of them uh, twice. I think they go Vegas uh, after Colorado and then Minnesota, and then, then we'll be to uh, April the 12th, which is the trade deadline in this uh, strange uh, NHL season, and uh, we'll see what happens. It is weird, though. I mean, we saw last night, though, that you know teams can beat Vegas. Um, so, I mean, it, it, you know, things can happen. Now I know beating Colorado after what we saw that they did last night could be a different matter, but uh, it is hockey. Things can happen. You know, I think this is a team that just does not have, and this gets back to what Jim was saying about injuries and guys coming back. And they got a bunch of guys who aren't playing at the top of their game. And some of them are because they're coming back from injuries. Some of them are because they're not playing well, but you know, if you got a lot of guys who are, you know, 70% of, you know, what they are at their best, that, that becomes a problem. And it will be something to see, is this like the season in which Doug Armstrong traded Paul Stastny when he said, look, we're going to make the playoffs, but I just don't see this team going anywhere if we make the playoffs. So I'm going to look forward. Is that this kind of year? Or does he look at this group and say, you know what, if these guys all get to hundred percent, we can do something. Um, that'll be, and that'll be telling certainly over these next, uh, you know, these next six games. Now, before we uh, look forward to that, and including the trade deadline, I do want to, um, because this, there's no end to the negativity, I do want to go back to Sunday. Now, watching the Blues buzz around against the Wild and then in game one against the Duck, and then for really two periods, for the most part, against you know the Duck and the second time, you're thinking, okay, eventually, sooner or later, this thing is just going to break open and they're going to go back to being the Blues. But then, uh, JT... You know, and you've and you and Tom have covered a lot of teams and a lot of sports over a lot of years. So you know, you see, you can hear the warning, you know, horn go. That third period, they just dissipated against the Ducks, and the, who just you know owned them. And then overtime, they didn't even. It's like they'd already gone to their back to to the meal room or whatever, whatever they do after a game in the pandemic. They were out of it. They didn't even like we were talking before we went on the air here. I'm not sure they touched the puck in overtime. So. When you saw that third period plus overtime Sunday, and you guys have covered a lot of sports and a lot, again, a lot of teams, you know, did you guys hear those same same sirens going off? 
because that was yeah really I, I I heard him in the distance at the end of two periods it's two to one the Blues had had just a million uh, excellent uh, opportunities and I'm like this game shouldn't be this close it should be like four to one Blues or three to nothing Blues and it's a two to one game and we all know how many times we say you know the one goal game just one bad hop or, or bonehead play and, and and the game is is tied and uh, yeah overtime uh, especially the players they had out there they look tired but you look at a lot of these games and uh, he's playing his top guys a lot uh, O'Reilly and, and some of the uh, O'Reilly Baruby o- O'Reilly especially but uh, uh, yeah they 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 just uh, to, to see Shannon uh, try to chase down uh, Josh Manson who. I don't think we've have we seen him in any uh, fastest skating competitions at the All Star break. I don't I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a tough uh, finish, and uh, uh, you know that that you know I I, I heard that Baruby and some of the players kind of talk. Well, at least we we've, we've got the defense straightened out. I don't know if holding Anaheim to three goals yeah. is is cause for a parade. I mean they're. They're near the bottom of the league. If they're not 31st or 30th in scoring, uh, they're, they're, they're like 2.1 goals a game. So, uh, yeah, uh, you, you got to get more than one point in, in two games against Anaheim. That, 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 that's for sure. No, that, that should have been a four-point weekend for them. And usually, I mean, you know, it's kind of been the illusion of the Blues this season is that, you know, they'd limp along and then they'd get to someone, oh, they play Anaheim or San Jose and they win a couple of games. It's like, okay, things look better. But, you know, it was seldom we've seen them really trip and fall against a team like that. But that uh, kind of made it you know, like pratfall quality uh, there, much like when Jordan Cairo fell over on that one play. We just uh, kind of spoke to the team right there. Oh, my God, I can't stay on my feet. Uh, they got to, you know, they needed to win both of those games. And they're, that makes everything tougher. You know, fortunately, it's going to be a long time. You know, they have this gap. And so I hope, you know, for them, for their sakes, that they haven't been dwelling on that loss and have, like, like many, I'm sure, completely forgotten about that game when they get on the ice uh, Friday night in Denver. All right, so we know this. Uh, we cannot blame Sunday's loss on Mike Hoffman. Um, <laughs> but, JT, uh, where are we with the, uh, with the uh, sharpshooter who, uh, you know, Got kind of got the Peter Nedvid going, content to see how many snaps goals he could snap in from the perimeter. Um, yesteryear Blues fans could appreciate uh, you know, Nedvid's uh, brief tenure here as a free agent acquisition who bought a nice house out in St. Albans, and I don't know if he ever <laughs> lived in it because it just didn't work. Um, so where where are we with with Mike Hoffman? Are we going to see a blur of activity against the Lanch, or is this thing is he? Are we going to include him in the discussion a bit later in this? Uh, broadcast this podcast. Well, I think I think we might, but you you, uh, uh, you get in the doghouse for, for one game, and then uh, you get really what amounts to a nice promotion. So he sits out one game. Now he's on the second line. Uh, Shannon Perron, valuable real estate, San Saint Albans type real estate, and and he'll he'll be moving in uh, Friday at the uh, Ball Arena in Denver. What does he do with it? I mean. Uh, uh, this may be his his last chance or one of his last chances to kind of show his uh, his medal. And uh, we've seen this work with David Perron. I don't know if the healthy scratch has worked with Vince Dunn. I guess he's been about the same since he's come back, maybe a little better. 
And uh, Sammy Blay, uh, I, I it, it wasn't a magic transformation, but this is uh, this is Craig Berube's cattle prod, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see if it works. Now we we don't know if Hoffman's on the first or second power play unit because the uh, uh, the last time we saw the lads out there practicing, they they didn't work on the power play. Of course, kind of the way it is now, it's kind of a one A and one B, and, and they're not scoring much anyway more negativity from us, but so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hoffman's going to get a, going to get a good chance. We'll see how he responds. Yeah. And in some ways, and Barubi referred to this yesterday, that it's kind of a, it's a message, not just to Mike Hoffman, but a message to everybody on the team that if, if I can, I can bench $4 million free agent, Mike Hoffman, I can bench you. And so you hope to see everybody's game uh, pick up, but obviously Hoffman was the, was the chosen one. Uh, probably puts his game, you know, the concerns about his game a little higher point for everyone. You know, it would really help if he had shots on goal. You know, we're not asking, you know, I mean, he, he had two in the game before. He did have one game with four there, but in no shot attempts uh, in the, uh, uh, the Vegas game, it's like, shoot the puck. I mean, if, if anyone on the team needs to shoot the puck, I would say Mike Hoffman needs to shoot the puck. Now, we do uh, know he mentioned earlier that uh, Doug Armstrong could go either way with this team. He could either try to add and, uh, you know, make a blockbuster and somehow finagle away for Taylor Hall to show up, although I'm not sure that uh, would be transformational, but he, he's probably the one guy that would get your attention. Or he could try to, to, to sell a Mike Hoffman to a team that's looking for another score, or, and Mike might be willing to go someplace where he could drive up his value versus his usage here. Uh, until this assignment on the second line, he's not not had great usage. It's really not had, from his perspective, I'm sure, not the best opportunity. So, uh, you know, Hoffman's a guy that could go either way, and as this team could go either way in terms of how Armstrong looks at the group. And I guess, you know, Dunn as well. A lot of teams looking for a defenseman. And um, we all know that Vince's future is uh, probably uh, not great here for a host of reasons, the way the, way the, the, the puck's going to fall with this group. So, I mean, it's interesting to watch these, like these two guys in particular, you want them to play well if you're a blues fan, cause you want the blues to win, but man, if this thing doesn't, this, this next, if these next few games don't go well, these are two guys that other teams are going to be taking a hard look at. Yeah. And uh, if you're Doug Armstrong, you've, you've got to maybe <clears throat> revisit, reevaluate. Uh, is the window still open? You know, he's talked about the window being open to be a Stanley cup contender for a couple, three more years is the, as he sits back, uh, does he, is he going to, going to look and say, no, nope, uh, for whatever reason, reasons X, Y, and Z, the window's closing earlier. And, and, and so maybe he, 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 he does become a, a, a seller. He could do like he did in the uh, Stanley cup year and just do nothing. Let's just say these next six games, the, the blues go out and they, they win four or six, they show life. All the injured players are, are playing up the farm, playing up to their past, uh, reputation and resume and and uh maybe he sits back and and and, and, and does nothing he well i guess uh <clears throat> maybe there was the delzato trade uh <laughs> at the deadline in 1819 but you don't you don't really count that as a huge uh trade deadline move so we'll, we'll we'll see what he uh we'll see what he does but yeah jeff the two most logical guys are are hoffman who clearly look like a rental I think early on, at least I had the thought that, well, maybe if uh, Schwartz negotiations aren't going good, Schwartz is also a contract up uh, at the end. of Maybe he moves the money over to Hoffman's pile, but uh, so far Hoffman has done 
uh, you know, nothing to our little to make the, uh, the blues think they, they, they'd want them back and, and then done. Yeah. Uh, now are, are they strong enough, uh, defensively, especially with, uh, we think Pareko's coming back, but we're, we're, we're not sure to, to, uh, to go without Dunn and to deal him now. I don't know. But if, if, if Doug Armstrong's a seller, maybe he doesn't care a- anyway. Uh, and, and we've seen what Armstrong does with players, uh, restricted free agents who, uh, have trouble coming to terms. Uh, Joel Edmondson is uh, flourishing in uh, Montreal, but he's, he's no longer a blue. Yeah. You know, the Bl- Ruby seems to be increasingly comfortable, uh, playing Jake Wallman. Um, uh, Jake's getting a lot of ice time lately in, in more, uh, you know, in bigger situations. So does that, you know, are, are they, do they, do they like him now that they, enough that they think with him and Mikula, who certainly was potential they like, um, that they got those two guys. Um, oh, you know, with, with Dunn, it's going to come back to, if you trade him away, then you're you know losing somebody else in the expansion draft as well. Um, and what can they get back? You know, are you, are you getting, you know, is it worth it to get, if you get a draft pick for, for Vince Dunn, you know, when I come back with, with Mike Hoffman, like I said this last week, the blues need scoring. And so, I mean, you got one guy on the team who, you know, can, if things are right, score, it would seem like giving away that guy, you knew he's not doing it now. If anyone on this team is going to explode and start scoring, it's going to be Mike Hoffman, I, you know, Tarasenko to a little extent, but, yeah, I mean, so it would seem like you need to score goals. Getting rid of a guy who at his best scores goals um, is a, you know, maybe not the move. Because then if the problem is how well he's adjusted, well, now you need Taylor Hall to adjust coming in. It just seems like it's going to be a, a, you know, I don't know that you solve one problem without creating another. Yeah, I think going back to Don, I, I, I was up until these last two games when, you know, all hope was sucked out of my uh, soul <laughs> after watching that that's particularly the finish of that second Ducks game. You know, I was thinking, well, you know, at least Dunn could serve as a human shield uh, in the expansion draft, because clearly if he's exposed, you'd be surprised if given the, the value that uh, defensemen have in the league, that you knowing that he could come in and be a top four D man for an expansion team, provide some offense. You'd be surprised if the team would pass on him. Um, you never know what Seattle's going to do, but it certainly he'd be an attractive guy to put out there as a human shield. But it could also be that if Armstrong decides that, you know, this is not happening, that he could, you know, give to uh, wits about who's on, uh, on the expansion. <laughs> he's now suddenly his interest in, Oh, I got to protect these guys. As this team melts into the ice, uh, he's probably maybe that list shrinks and he's not <laughs> as concerned about exposing players because he knows he's going to have to do an overhaul. So uh, interesting times for sure, because of the predicament the blues have put themselves into, but let's shift gears into something more positive. Uh, some guys are threatening to return to the, uh, to the mix uh, Ivan Barbashev is the type of player who is a Bruby guy. If he's playing his game, uh, human missile, when he's playing his game, he can help get the four check going. And obviously uh, cold 45, uh, if he could play or 55, if he could play again. Um, that's going to make a huge difference for this team taking the tough minutes. So a little bit of sunshine JT with those two guys uh, doing a little bit more work in practice, looking uh, particularly Ivan's case, ready to go. No more, more clouds because as players comes back, come come back. It's been proven the team does uh, crappier. So uh, I think we have more losses in the, no. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and Barbashev uh, is a guy, obviously he can play up and down the lineup. He's one of their top penalty killers, at least among the forwards. So uh, we'll pop in a goal every now and then pretty good skater. 
uh, we'll grind, we'll get, get physical. And, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned a couple times over the course of the season that the kind of an underplayed uh, issue with this team is the lack of fourth line scoring. And, and, and I, I redid the, the numbers again, and I, I think it's uh, five goals and, and seven assists for the fourth line this year. And after the same amount of games last year, it was 14 goals and 17 assists. Well, now, uh, and with all the close games the Blues have played, that, that, that's meaningful. That could be two or three games, four or five or six points difference there. But now you get Barbashev back, and, and uh, uh, you've got a pretty good uh, uh, fourth line. We saw, what, Clifford Blay and, uh, in practice and, and, and in, the, in the middle, Bozak and Barbashev were alternating for the fourth line, which means, I mean, let's just say he's back and no one else gets hurt. Uh, at least before Colorado, <laughs> you're actually going to, going to have to healthy scratch someone who you normally would have in the, uh, in the lineup. I think it's an interesting move too, to have Bozak on the fourth line. I, I thought with him in there, they, they showed, uh, they showed, uh, more life the last, uh, a uh, couple games, and it kind of reminds me of kind of what they did with Steen late in his career. Bozak's, uh, uh, what, he's like 35 now, so he's getting late in his career. So, uh, yeah, having Barbashev back will help. Pareko is uh, it's a little uh, a little harder to predict in terms of uh, him coming back, although he's, he's, he's doing a lot, and he's been doing a lot for, for, for a while, Colton Pareko. Yeah, you just see the trickle down through the lineup. I mean, this is a team that not that long ago was playing Dakota Joshua and Nathan Walker on the fourth line. And while they are lovable characters, you know, I don't know that that's, you know, the the, the team that, you know, you go, you know, is, is really doing great. When you look at the start of the year when you had Barbershev and Sunquist on the fourth line, that was a fourth line. And I think, you know, when Zach Sanford is on the third line, I think that's when this team is at its best because it means you got really good guys on the top two lines. Um if they're going to score goals, that's where they're going to come from. And if, and then Zach can steal you some with the, on the third line. So you do see the trickle down and the same will happen on the defense that, you know, Vince Dunn has been getting a, a lot of, a lot more key ice time because you know, Pareko hasn't been there. He's been a second pairing guy. Well, if he's back to being the third pairing guy, then you can be, you know, situations are better uh, at that point. I think, you know, everyone's more in their place and they're getting back to that. Now the question is, can they, make all these pieces work uh, between, you know, in a timely manner because the clock is running and these other teams, you know, Arizona is right behind them. The Kings are catching up. Uh, Arizona's got a tough schedule right now coming up. They're starting nine on the road, but um, these teams are there and are, you know, are right behind the blues. Another point on both Barbashev and uh, Pareko is uh, when they're able to play and, and, and have, be healthy and play like themselves, you know, again, they're taking not just minutes, but tough minutes. They're not just bumping guys into more comfortable roles, but they're shouldering the, some of the heavier lifting. You know, the defensive zone starts, uh, the penalty kill in particular, those two things. Um, man, that makes a big difference when you can get, not only get minutes from guys and get performance, but get the, get the, the tougher minutes. And maybe that fourth line of, uh, with Bozak winning a draw in the four, in the, uh, in the defensive zone. And, and if you've got, let's say Barbershev and, and, and Clifford on that line, maybe you can use that group to, to match up, which was what they, uh, and you and play some against better lines. 
which is really something that uh, the chief did really well when he had a, a full group of four, which is how they will help them win a cup is really utilize that group as a, as a second uh, matchup line in, in some scenarios. So it's not just the minutes, man, but it's potentially really tough minutes at a critical time. If these two guys can play JT. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Barbashev just got, we, we kind of thought Schwartz came out of nowhere in terms of his return, but Barbashev really came out of nowhere to the point where uh, that, that was the first time, right? Tom, you, you we've, no, we haven't no, seen, him, seen him before. until yesterday. <laughs> All of a sudden he's out in the ice in practice and she says, yeah, it's possible. We've talked about him playing Friday. And we're like, oh, what? And uh, so, so which forced us to ask Chief, uh, has, has he, and so we assumed he'd skated behind the scenes, maybe with the taxi squad or on his own. And Chief actually cracked a joke, which was stunning. He said, what, haven't you guys been watching? You know, but no, we, we had not seen Barbashev uh, on the ice. And now uh, here he is. But uh, yeah, definitely will help. And, and I think the other guys now, all the other guys that have come back, uh, you know, the Thomas, uh, uh, Schwartz, uh, Bozak, Tarasenko, they, they've all, they've all had enough time now to, uh, uh, I think to, to, to get the, the rust off Tarasenko's played 11 games, Schwartz, six games, Thomas, four games, Bozak four, although in between he missed, uh, two games and, and Jacob Delarose, although he, you know, he's, He's right now, he's the second spare forward. Remember, Della Rose started the season out on the taxi squad. He wasn't really in the uh, picture. So I, I think that's the hope. Uh, you, you, you get Barbashev back, you get some grit, you get some defense because we, you know, we've been, and, and for good reason, kind of uh, uh, fixated on the offense, but and, and, but, and the defense is a little better, but it, it, it's not there yet. You know, I, again, uh, holding, Anaheim to two and, and three goals is, is, is no cause for a, uh, uh, a parade, but you, 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 you get these guys, you get these guys back. You've got a little, a little rest now. And you know, that, that's kind of the glass half full approach that uh, uh, people like, uh, you know, Baruby, even Perron, Perron talked about if you take this group, you go back, you include the two Anaheim, Minnesota, uh, the two San Jose games. Okay. We've got the ugly clunker against Vegas, but Hey, that was a one, one game in the third period. And you see a stretch of pretty good defense, more zone time, lots of good chances. And Perron talked about that, that maybe they can build on that now that they've got all these guys back. It reminds me. And, you know, I, I feel like slapping myself. They, they were playing the same way in like mid to late January, right before the all-star break of the cup year, they were controlling zone time they were out shooting teams but they weren't winning every game and then right after that as we got into february they got on the hot streak now again that's to me that's kind of a lightning strikes once a century type what happened in that season but there is that parallel yeah i mean the with the expected goals that we've seen from the last few games it was talking analytics wise there's the case that they could have won you know, with the, if the finishing was better, those Anaheim games were were winnable. Um, but still, we're not seeing great expected goal totals out of this team. And and they're getting a lot of shots, but how many are really high-quality shots? And that was one of the things with with Hoffman and with Baruby's been harping on. they got to get inside more. they got to get inside, and they got to fight for that space. Uh, they still haven't gotten a lot of it. That'll be something to, to look at. You know, Barbashev is a guy that can do that. He's a guy who got injured because he was doing that because he got inside and took a puck off his, uh, off his, off his ankle. 
Okay, so the last topic here on the net front uh, today as our, as our heroes prepare for a very tough stretch, it's, uh, it has come to the attention of fans and, it, and it's been, uh, been broached to our beat reporters that, uh, you know, the dreaded shelf life issue has arisen. Um, the team hasn't been responsive uh, this season to this point. Craig Ruby's tried everything. The Chiefs tried every combination of players. You know, injuries have been a factor, but also, you know, the, clearly the response when he really needed to really push the team hard for a response against Anaheim, he didn't really get as much as he, as he wanted. So um, he's been a, a bit at wits. And so naturally the topic comes up, okay, you're in, you're into a regime. Um, he's won a cup, but he's also, the blues also took a powder in the bubble hockey and, and haven't really uh, overcome adversity this year. Guys, where are we with the chief? I mean, is this, um, I mean, I, I don't see him in any peril because the man did win a cup and that buys you some extra room. And we saw how loyal uh, Doug Armstrong was to Ken Hitchcock, how reluctant he was to do anything there. But I, it's, I guess you have to talk about it, JT. Yeah, it, it certainly has uh, perked up on the, uh, in the chats and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 some of the responses we get on social uh, media. So the, some of the fans are, are talking about it. But you make a key point. Doug Armstrong is loyal uh, to his coaches and, and uh, to a large degree to, to the, uh, to the players as well. Not saying that it wouldn't happen uh, again, uh, you know, as someone still kind of coming to grasp with some of the, the strange hockey tendencies and mentality uh, it, it, it would just, it'd be very surprising. Just uh, what, not even right now, two years removed from a cup that you would, uh, that you would make a, a, a change, but uh, you know, it's something you got to think about. I, I think the veterans to a degree are, are still responsive. Uh, I don't want to say all the veterans, it's a little harder to get a sense of that, not being in the locker room and being able to, you know, talk to these players uh, up close and personal uh, uh, so to speak, but uh, uh, it, it, it's definitely out there. And I know, uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, uh, Craig Berube is really always a guy that's focused on the task at hand. But uh, I, I wonder if he doesn't maybe in the odd moment uh, just think about the possibility himself. I mean, even with all the injuries, you've got a lineup just stacked with 20 goal scorers. They have seven forwards who scored at least 20 goals in a season. That's more than Vegas has. That's more than Colorado has. It's one less than Boston has. And now, I mean, we're not just talking about two or three games. We're talking about, what, 11 games. They, they, they just can't score goals. So you, you just have to wonder. This team is an underachieving team, even factoring in all the injuries. And sooner or later, it's either the head coach or the GM that pays the price. Well, and it won't be the GM that pays the price, that's for sure. I mean, he, he – uh, his, he is, he's incredibly safe on that. And I don't know how this applies to right now. I've always, this is one of the things I always wonder about, you know, the coach's message getting stale, you know, heard the same voice too long, but there's so many new guys. I mean, is, is Barubi gotten stale to Tory Krug? Has he gotten stale to Mike Hoffman? Has he gotten stale to Justin Falk? I mean, these guys haven't been around that long. The message. How Kyle, did it Kyle Clifford's and, sick of the message. He's sick of yeah, it. <laughs> damn it. I'm not forechecking anymore. I mean, it's, you know, you know, it, and, and I, and I can't envision, and I don't think, you know, that he's lost Ryan O'Reilly, you know, so, you know. Or Perron, guys, I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if he had, if the message has gotten stale, I don't know who it's gotten stale 
with just because there's enough, you know, new faces, you know, and, but, you know, is, is the complexion changed to where this is just not a four checking group like it was before, you know, that, or they've done it and they're not seeing the results. And so they react differently. You know, I, I, I don't know, but, you know, these things can always happen. And I don't, I don't think it will. And at least at this point in time, but, um, you know, I, if Doug Armstrong thinks this is what this team needs, um, you know, We've seen that Doug Armstrong is more than willing to do what he thinks is necessary to, to make a team win. Well, you do you know, have the, a uh, you have a head coach in waiting on the bench, Jim Montgomery, just like we had uh, Baruby uh, behind you. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you, JT? You know, if this was uh, <laughs> if, if this were the uh, the vintage Cubs under Joe Madden, he'd have a like a chainsaw juggler or a giraffe come in. <laughs> you know, to the room to kind of loosen up the boys. You work some of his motivational magic. They would dress like clowns or something to go on a road trip. They would it'd be something like that. I just don't know that the chief, he's got to, he's got to mix things up. And I guess that's the test for, uh, for him is he's going to have to, you know, try some different things, I suppose, and maybe get a different result. You know, I, Steve Ott, though, I think is, I mean, you wonder, I mean, Steve Ott's also, you know, Talk about a, a coach in Britain. I think, especially if Buffalo doesn't hire someone this year, that uh, I think Otter will get a look uh, with uh, in Buffalo. So yeah, short of bringing in a giraffe, I don't know. I don't know what you do, uh, uh, Gardo. He's tried plenty of line changes. Oh my gosh, has he tried fifty-one different line combinations? You know, to open the game, all of last year, all of last year, sixty-one. So he's he's at almost like double double the pace. So, uh, and, uh, so yeah, I don't know what he, what he does, uh, 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 uh you know, other than yeah. bringing in farm animals or bringing a petting, <laughs> petting zoo in the parking lot. I don't know. Well, and, but one thing that he is now is, is he now has options. I mean, there was a point in time where he had no options. I mean, you know, the option was Nathan Walker's going like, now there's going to be scratches who can play. I mean, now Jacob De La Rose will be sitting out, uh, you know, Sammy Blay. There's going to be guys that will be sitting out who are legitimate sources. I mean, he would have loved to probably have scratched, you know, Mike Hoppin. We talked about Zach Sanford earlier, you know, in previous podcasts about, you know, but he just couldn't do it because there was no one else to put in. Now at least he's got options. He was able to send a message by scratching Hoppin because he does have the bodies that he can now put in that aren't going to drag the team down in another way. All right. Well, that's Tom Timmerman. We've had Jim Thomas on board. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the, the NetFront Presence Podcast. Reminder, you can get all of our podcasts on sdltoday.com slash podcast or through your favorite podcast app. Well, guys, I hope by this time next week uh, when we do our next recording, we'll, t- we'll have all positive, all positive. That's our goal for the week. It's a hope for all positive. We've done enough to hurt the, uh, the psyche of the Blues fans, but hey, we have a job to do and had no choice. This is what we had to do today. So until next time, hopefully the sun keeps rising Mm -hmm. and there will be hope in the horizon. Until then, see you later. Mm -hmm.